Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Going to pop in here for a couple minutes? I can say hello to you. Mr. Wanstead. Dave Wanstead. Shane, wake up. NFL head coach for 11 years. The Bears came in here and Dave Wanstead. There's a happy group of overachievers that have been well coached. College football national champion. A number of legends here tonight. Dave Wanstead. Super Bowl champion. Dave Wanstead. One of my, you know, really idols. Football analyst for NBC Sports Chicago. You're all dressed up, coach? I am. I'm heading to uh, grandkids' uh, Christmas concert tonight. Oh. Yeah. We, we singing? We playing instruments? What are we doing? No, I, uh, one might be singing. And I think one's a camel. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. How did, they, how did they trade for the role? Well, he was. I think he was Joseph last year, so he. Uh, oh. He he was a star. It's kind of a, I, it's I kind think, of a down. I, it's a little I, bit of a step down. Six yeah. grandkids. I, I get him confused who's doing what, but that could that could be the game plan tonight. something tall and strong. They get a hurricane before I go insane. It's only. Five o'clock somewhere. It's our favorite time of the week. It's no coincidence that I made sure to work on this Thursday to be here with Coach Dave Wanstead. This segment with Wani is brought to you by Four Winds Casinos, your entertainment escape at Speaks and Gabe Ramirez and Parkins and Spiegel. Salud, Coach. Good to see you. Yes, this is uh, fantastic. Thanks, uh, guys. Salud. Yes. Sean Sears, Sean, Tyler Ta- Beerbaum. Tyler, Tyler, Tyler. I met Ty- everybody's Tyler that I have. Got a lot of Tylers here, yeah. Big pile of Tylers. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, Sean um, Sean did a better job than Alex Kuhn at uh, I heard making, about that. making this beverage wow. happen on time. He disappeared. He? he ran around, didn't he? He quit. And he quit because after that one. He, he no longer works here. Is that Come true? On. No, no he's playing. working the Bulls game tonight. What <laughs> 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 the hell, man? But, yeah, Alex, uh, he, he did not do a good job. But here we, we yeah, got Yeah, we got a nice little taste here, and mm-hmm. uh, we are off and running. Absolutely. Uh, Big week. Got a chance to get a, get a win for the Bears. A lot of Christmas stuff going on. Uh, my grandson killed it as the camel. Tell he, us. he took the nativity scene to another level. <laughs> he, he truly did. Hundred <laughs> percent effort. Oh yeah. How uh, many uh, how many humps on but, the camel there? 
Uh, two of them? No. You know what? He, no. The only, no. It was <laughs> brown shirt and brown straight, pants. Straight. That's it. <laughs> oh, just a straight oh, no, camel. He, yeah, he had the, uh, I got a picture somewhere. He has the. Uh, was there like a camel head? Like or? like the outfit, but with no no back, you know, just a normal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to need a visual on that. Mm-hmm. I, I imagined, you know, the, the hump. Right. No, so nobody was riding him? Nobody's on top of the grandson? <laughs> no. Okay, no, good. Absolutely uh, not. Yeah, but tis the season, you absolutely. know? Absolutely. Uh, all good. All good. Um, coach, uh this is it's it's interesting that we're here um, at a point in the week where we all should be focused on the Arizona Cardinals, mm. but it's it's hard to do that, isn't it? Because it's it, we got big picture stuff we've been talking about all season, and that's what everybody is is fighting to do. But tell me what it's like when you're eliminated from the playoffs, or you're on the cusp of being eliminated from the playoffs, and you're trying to keep a room. Uh, of players alive and engaged because we're wondering what kind of effort and engagement we're going to see this Sunday. Yeah, well, I think we're going to see a great effort. I really do. Um, one, because uh, we, we got that type of team. We got a young football team, a team, a, a bunch of players that love playing the game. Uh, they're high-character guys. I, I think that Fluce and the staff, that they relate to these guys – I think, you know, and, and when you get to this point in the season, it, it goes, you hate to say it goes a little bit of individual mentality, but it's true because now guys are either battling for future contracts with the Bears, they're battling for contracts maybe with another team, uh, they're trying to secure a spot for next year. Some of these guys are trying to, uh, you know, get some incentives maybe for a contract that they currently have. Hmm. So a lot, so there's still, I guess the point I'm making is there's a lot of reasons to, uh, for the the guys to be excited by going out there and playing at a high level. You're playing at home. You want to get a win. I mean, you know, these guys do not like walking into the grocery store and, you know, with, after a tough loss like they had and, and they feel it, their wives feel it, their kids feel it, you know? So, a win cures all that stuff. Even though they're not going to the playoffs, a couple wins here in December would do wonders for the uh, mentality of everybody, fans, players, coaches, everybody. Yeah, like you said, the coaches, I think they themselves are going to uh, put in a, a ton of effort into this whole thing as well. And you look at a, at a guy like Lou Getze, I mean, you know, going up against Arizona, a uh, coach, you know, 31st in the league in points against, 31st in rushing yards against. When you think about a game plan and going up against a team like this at this point in the season, do you say to yourself, okay, hey, they're bad against the run, so this is, this is what we're going to do? Or is it, hey, it's the end of the season, let's try to open this thing up and try some, try some things maybe we haven't tried all season? No, I, no not at all, Gabe. I think that um, I think you want to do what, what you do best and what the, gives the players a chance to be successful. You know, I mean, you don't ever lose – you don't ever put any of – your goals or your ambitions as a coach ahead of the team or ahead of the players, because they see through that. They would see through that in a heartbeat. Uh, but I do think there's some things that if we play well, although I'm, I'm to some degree in the minority, if you watch that film close, and I would sit down with anybody and go through that Cleveland game, we didn't execute like we could have. There were passes that could have been caught. Well-executed plays by 10 guys and maybe one dozen. Well, Tunyon, uh, Tunyon with the big drop well, early. That, that's one example of, of I can give you a seven. I went through it again. There were blocks. If we if we halfway make a block, Justin Fields on that fourth and one is going to turn the corner, and he may, you know, he's going to, not only is he going to get the first, 
the way Justin is, he guy he gets ahead of steam. He guy may run for twenty five yards. And Darnell know? Mooney trying to get a piece yeah, of that. that, that man, yeah. I, I mean, c- come on, you know we we, we and, and I'm not pulling anybody in particular. I'm just saying that yeah, overall, th- it was not well executed. Okay, the players did did not ex- and Cleveland's the number one defense in the NFL. We get that. It was not going to be easy, but there were plays to be made, and and I'm not I'm not going to sit here and. and have some guy call in or some guy tell me that they're going to blame it all on Luke Getzey or going to blame it all on Justin Fields. That's not the case here, okay? Last week's game, there was a lot of guys had opportunities to make plays that would have made a difference, and uh, and they didn't get it done. Did you get a chance to look up close at the Tyler Scott jet sweep on third and one? And if you didn't, that's yeah. okay. But, like, as I was watching it, I couldn't figure out what the hell's going on because we didn't block anybody. The guy just got completely turned loose. I don't know if it. I thought it was a scheme that they were in that was kind of a weird defense. Alex you know? Wright, the defensive yeah. end, is completely unblocked. Yes, just yeah. steps up and swallows up Tyler Scott. Mm-hmm. Luke Getzey talked about that play today. What he what he said. Well, in an hour we'll hear from Mark Grody and we'll, and we'll hear it. We'll hear it then. Okay. He blamed execution. That's yeah. what reminded me. He blamed the players for not executing on that play. But I, I watched the play a few times, and I could pull it up for you here at a break or whatever. Nobody blocks that guy. So I'm right. like, how is that on execution if that dude is not accounted I, for? The guard goes in. The tackle goes out. That guy's completely unblocked, steps up and bla- and, and li- smothers Tyler yeah, Scott. I, wa- I want to hear what Grody says that, that Luke said. You know, I really do. Because, he, he blamed execution. Yeah. Uh, when that, I don't it, see that. Well, then, we're, yeah, because there was something. That I, I, would, I would say that. I can't wait to hear what he has to say. Yeah, right? Because yep. sometimes you're not accounting for a guy. And we've seen this with Getzey before on what on the fourth and short that he did take accountability for last week. With the right. DJ Moore with toss. With the right? DJ Moore yeah. toss. That there was right. a guy out there who's like, that's on me. Today should have been another day on that play where he should have said, that's on me. And I don't think he did. We'll see. Well, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jump on board with you until I hear what he said. Okay, okay? well that's fair. Well, be listening to Mark Rody <laughs> one will, one I, hour from now. I will. All right, I'm definitely going to. But let, me, let me ask you about this, Coach. Um, I saw this stat, and I haven't been able to get it out of my head all week. The Ravens mm-hmm. have outrushed the opponent mm-hmm. in 13 games this year. The Bears have outrushed the opponent in 12 games this year. The other teams that are above 10 are the Dolphins, the 49ers, and the Lions. Those are some of the best teams in the NFL. Yep. And the Bears have outrushed the opponent 12 times. Yep. What is your takeaway? No big pass plays. Not enough big pass plays. Executing them. Execute. I mean, we opened up the game with a big pass play, and we don't get it. We go to the third play of the game, the Tunyon. Long pass play, and we don't get it. So we came out against Cleveland with the mentality that we were going to hit some big pass plays and try to strike quick, and we don't execute them. I mean, and, and you know, executing a pass play, and, and I've been on teams that, on both sides of the ball that, that, that struggled doing it on offense and then some teams that were explosive. And it's like when you, when you start rushing the passer on defense and you get a couple sacks, and then all of a sudden the next guy gets involved, and, and then it, it, pretty soon it's, say, hey, we'll meet you at the quarterback mentality. And everybody wants a piece of that. They're playing confident. Uh, you start doing some things coaching-wise, games up front to give them a chance to get there. And it's called a confidence thing within a player and within a group. Right now our passing game just – and, and, and half the time Justin Fields doesn't have a lot of time. So he's getting rid of it, maybe in his mind, a little bit quicker than what he really wants to. 
uh, or the receiver drops the ball. He or said maybe, that, by the way. He said that oftentimes he was guessing against the Browns because the rush was there. Yeah, like you know that. what I mean? And, and that's – so it's incomplete. There were seven passes I had that could have been completed there that were hurried or dropped or whatever. So you, you say, why? We're running the ball well enough. We're playing good defense. We are not making big plays in the passing game, and it's too damn hard to drive the football 80 yards in this league, you know, without having a penalty by somebody uh, and, and not making, giving yourself a chance to make first downs. And, and you got to hit a big pass play in there. You know, you got to hit a 40-yard play in there somewhere. Gabe, that's, a lot of, that's the best answer I've gotten on that this week. Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about it a lot, you and I, Speaks. And I think, you know, a lot of people would say that big pass play could come as a result of a, of a play action, right, leaning into that run. Yes. Talk to me about, like, obviously, you know, you look at the three running backs. None of them had over, you know, six, seven carries. Didn't really amount to much. Roshan, that first run, at, at, or excuse me, that big run before the end of the first half. But what is that mentality like where you become defeated in saying, like, I, I, this is not working enough where I'd rather just pass the ball. Like, take me to that that point for yeah, a coach. Well, I said this last week on this show. I'm sure Danny would never remember, but Spigs probably remembers. <laughs> uh, I, I said it sitting right here. I said, this is going to be a week where it's going to be like running into that wall, okay, because of the defense where, where they, they play. It's not going to be easy. But the key is to keep doing it, and don't worry about not getting the four-yard run get two yards and it's going to be two yards and it's going to be two yards and then you got to take some shots just like you said Gabe on some play action and stuff so it didn't surprise me that we didn't run the ball for a lot of yards nobody has you know what I mean so that's that but it would have been fine if they hit some of those big shots that's all coach hit those two in the beginning and go up seven nothing or or ten or whatever so wait, wait, were you were you a fan of the the big play on the first first uh, play of the game yes because you know against the Vikings it was the same thing you know, you knew that you were going up against a team that had a really good defense. Yeah, mindset was we're gonna we're, we're still gonna even though we know what they're gonna do, we're gonna try to you know beat them over the top. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I I you know we, we I love hearing this. We got then fast it, it enough better. guys, and you, you got confidence. They're not expecting it. That's the last thing they're expecting. So you're hoping to get a all you're gonna get is a step on these guys. I mean, everybody thinks that we're gonna have guys five yards open. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, guys, they, you got to hit those guys, and it falls on the quarterback, and the receiver is going to have to make some mm-hmm. contested catches. You know, this isn't not where one. This isn't. It's uh, a tough league, isn't it's it? A, it's really a tough. Talented, no, 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 man. man it's like the the margin for victory. The margin. We see for, it week in and week out. Whoo, one score games, and, and also just like play to play. You see a great play. There's always a dude right there in the picture. Absolutely. absolutely. Very seldom you get anybody wide, Troy, wide ass. We open. had Troy Aikman on the morning show once, and he was talking about two weeks ago when the Bears played Monday night, and he it talk- was here. We had Troy right here. Oh, we had Troy here. Okay. Come on, Coach. And, it was a big deal. Uh, we fought you. We had to make sure right. you gave us Troy. <laughs> that's right. That's on right. the morning show. That's right. Listen to that. Slip my mind. Tyler, record that. Send that, it to well, Tanny. We had Jimmy on the morning show. We had Terry on this on our show. Yes. Right? Okay, and then yeah. we got yes. Troy. We I got Troy on this show. But you think it was the morning show? No, no, because that's remember. who you care and about he remembers. the most. I did. <laughs> Watch why I said Speaks remembers. Yeah. Danny's he's so he's watching. What's he watching? Syracuse in a bowl game tonight, <laughs> playing FIU or somebody. Uh, this is great. South Florida. He's living his life. No. Uh, you know, let, let me just talk about this, because I said something on the morning show okay. about Justin Fields, and some people got bent sideways. Coach, I was going to ask you about this. For anybody who doesn't know, because I heard, I didn't realize you had said it. I've been off hell, for a couple Hell yeah, hundred. I said it, and well, I'm going to say it again but here. D- but Dustin ahead. said it first. So Dustin said it early that morning, 
And then what, the, when you said it, uh, the Internet exploded. People got very, very crazed about it because you essentially said, you correct me if I'm wrong. Go ahead. You said that Justin Fields should not play another snap this season. If, if they're going to trade him. If there's a big, I said if, and read my quote. Okay. Because I am, I've been a Justin supporter all along. I love his toughness. I love his work ethic. He can make plays. Let me pause for a second so you can chew on and swallow your pub mix because I care about Why you. Why didn't you bring this out? <laughs> I told you I had a Mr. Beef at lunchtime, <laughs> no, and you no. bring this out. It's the holidays, A-class pl- a service here. It's, yeah. yeah, holidays. You get everything. Um, so anyway, so you've been a Justin guy. Yeah, but- I've been supporting him all along. Okay, now, one thing that I have been saying is, is that I have to see what separates quarterbacks is in the fourth quarter, your team is down by 10, and you've got five minutes left, and you've got you to score twice. And we saw uh, we needed a field goal against Minnesota, and we got it. Won the game. That, you know, but I haven't seen enough of that. And he's, you know, and, and I hate to say this because I, I, this is not, I, I support Justin, but in the fourth quarter, the guy's tied for, like, the most interceptions over his career. You know, like 18 or 19 interceptions. I mean, he's got as many as anybody that's played quarterback. And this year, he in the fourth quarter, he's, uh, he's had uh, eight. The point thing in the last three minutes, I just got this today. We Six games. It's been an eight-point game. And he's 7 of 20, no touchdowns and three mm. interceptions. Okay. What does that tell you? That tells me that I'm still waiting to see, is he the quarterback that can bring us back when we're down because that's the NFL. That's going to happen. Okay. We see it every week. That's the only thing that I'm uncertain of, of Justin, but I, I love everything else about this kid. I really do. Hmm. But, but that's a big thing. That's a big thing. And the other side of the coin is I don't know a darn thing. I'm not overly excited. You know, the old thing, okay, get rid of Justin. Well, who's going to take his place? That would be my first question. Right. Are you going to put the fr- – you're going to put your everything in on uh, Caleb Williams? Maybe. I don't know. I didn't evaluate him, but I know I've heard enough. I'm talking to people all over, going back to Gonzaga High School mm-hmm. in D.C. where he went to school. So I'm talking to people. Or Drake May. Or take, we'll, we'll get there. Drake to, to, May, which I don't know even less about. We'll have time to get there. Okay, even less about. My point is, I don't know if these guys are Peyton Manning. Okay, I, so there's one scenario where, okay, you've made up your mind. This is the point that I was making. If you made up your mind that, that Justin's not the guy, and I said, then don't play him. Don't get him hurt and lose your trade value. Uh-huh. That's why, you know, let, let, let uh, what's his name, Bajan play and forget about it for three games. But Or the other thing is, he is the guy, and let's just press on and, and get a good supporting cast around him. Or the third scenario, which no one's talking about, you could trade that number one pick, probably for a couple ones. So you're still going to end up with at least two ones in the first round. Take a quarterback later on. You're going to be a guy, I don't know, the LSU guy, the McCarthy guy at Michigan. There's going to be quarterbacks there, the kid at Washington or Oregon State or some Washington. Michael Penix. You're going to get somebody down the road. Bo Nix. And you got Justin and this guy. And then if you don't like Justin, you trade him. Okay? I mean, so there's three different scenarios that can happen here at quarterback. And right now, I'm, I'm, I'm not getting on the table. I would like to get on the table for Justin. But the the end of the game stuff, it concerns me a little bit. I'm being honest with you. Uh, it I would, concerns a lot of people. I would like to get on the table for one of these young guys, but there's nothing that I've seen yet, and I, and I haven't 
been nearly – haven't done the deep dive into them yet to say that they're going to come in and be the franchise and take us to the promised land. Maybe they will. I don't know. But the third scenario, too, is to keep Justin and trade that number one pick for a bunch and uh, – Get your quarterback And take somewhere. a quarterback later, and then you decide, is Justin the guy – Compared to this guy or not, and you can trade. Well, trade there, any of them. You can trade either one of them if the guy's a first-round pick. But not a, if he's hurt. <laughs> yeah, there, there's there's an awful lot there from uh, from Coach Wanstead here on Parkins and Spiegel. It speaks in Gabe Ramirez. A um, couple things. One, Mike Mulligan has been saying a lot, and I think it makes some sense. You don't have to make a decision until it's time to make the decision. Correct. So you got these three weeks and so, it would, so it, you know, I don't know if Ryan Poles has not made the decision. That is the big question. I feel like, in my gut, if you were to ask me, Speaks, do you think they know what they're doing? And I've, I've, I've followed everything that they've said publicly. I'm talking about Poles. Yep. Talking about, you know, you know Getze, and I've been assuming that Poles and Getze are at least a little bit in communication. Oh, 100%. Every day. Right? Every day, every practice, everything. So, yeah. Okay, so that's important because it's not just polls and Eberflus, it's polls and Getsy. Oh, when I was at when I was at I was at OTAs and practices, and and Ryan's out there walking around watching okay. every drill, and so and then when practice is over, you walk up and he's talking to Flus, but you walk up and say, "Boy, you know, had a, I like the deep ball. We had a chance on that deep ball, or I, I really huh. like you know." So you, look, you talk about it or something, you know. So I don't think you can watch these two years and come to any conclusion about Luke Getsy other than. He doesn't really love what Justin Fields brings. Like, I, I there's something that it doesn't work there with Getze and Fields, and it's not the kind of quarterback that Getze would choose. He's, when he started last year, he didn't run stuff that fit him. He pivoted because that's his guy. When he started again this year, he didn't run stuff that true, fit him. True. And he pivoted because that's his guy. And now here we are, and all the little things we've heard, is he taking accountability, is he not, is he throwing fields under the bus? Getsy doesn't believe in fields. So if Poles and Getsy are aligned, that makes me think that, yes, they've made their decision, and Poles has made his decision. Well, Troy Aikman, remember, that was one of the questions I think you asked him on the show. Do you think that from your – I mean, you know, he was with, with the Bears for right. two days and following him and watching every game before the Monday night game, and, and I think Speaks asked him, you know, do you believe they made a decision? He says, I don't know for a fact, but I kind of think they probably have. You know, that was, right? I think that was exactly and, and the I, and, and I think they have, too. So that gives your idea. If they have made that decision and they believe they're going to trade the guy and draft a quarterback or they believe they're not going to keep going with the guy, then your sitting him actually makes more sense than people want to But that's hear. just that's a PR nightmare. Let's be very clear. It's a PR nightmare, yeah. but it's from a business standpoint – if the guy get if you're going to move him and he gets hurt and blows his knee out now no, he ain't going anywhere, <laughs> and you're paying him uh, and and you screwed the kid too, you know what I mean? I mean let's I mean let's let's be fair with Justin too. If now if they want him, fantastic, I'm all in. Let's go. But if you're not, let's be fair with him too and and try to do something good by him. You know he's Coach Wanstead. I'm Spiegs. That's Gabe Ramirez. This is Parkins and Spiegel. One more segment with Coach, and we'll get his picks next segment as well. Right here on six seventy the score. Dave Wanstead. And I'm always available unless I'm doing something. Uh... With Parkins and Spiegel on 670 The Score. Our favorite time of the week. Happy holidays to you and yours. Happy holidays to Ryan Porth and Mitch Rosen. Our suits, our bosses. 
And happy holidays to Dave and Jan Wanstead and all the girls and all the grandkids. And to you, Gabe Ramirez, as uh, Speaks and Gabe are Parkins and Spiegel today. Lots of good reaction, good conversation about um, Wani's first segment. I want to ask you about a big, big play in that Browns game. Go ahead. Because it speaks to Matt Eberflus and you, obviously, a defensive coordinator and then a defensive-minded head coach. Did you step up and call plays as defensive coordinator as a head coach, either in Chicago or Miami? My first year, year and a half here at Chicago, I did both. Okay. Yeah, so I, I've done it. You know, but, so you've done it. But that's kind of what I uh, – well, that's where I would spend most of my time. Sure. As far as watching the practice tape and sitting in on all the meetings uh, a little bit more with defense as, yeah. a, as a head coach. You know? He had a good long answer when asked about his connection to the offense. I think it was Monday, and he talked – it was a long answer, but he did admit at one point in there – Makes for some long days for me, but that's mm-hmm. okay. You know, I, I mean, that, that's just the way it goes. So I can't imagine. But on that third and 15, he's been very aggressive as a blitzer since he took over, it seems to me anyway, as a layman. And on that play, he blitzes a couple of extra guys. And as it turns out, Justin Jones drops into coverage. We now know that it was a great adjustment by David Njoku. We saw that it was Justin Jones. He's supposed to stop. Njoku was supposed to stop as he crossed the first down marker. But in this instance, he said, oh, I think I'll just go ahead and run by Justin Jones. And I bet Flacco will see me. And they adjusted, made a big play. How out of character was that blitz call? For what Matty Berflus has been doing, I don't think it was out of character. I, I think the thing you got to weigh is the time and situation in the game. The time in the game, are, are you willing to do that? You know, with the game on the line, that was the only thing I had with it. I, I like the pressure. Flus has done a good job with that. He brought the safety, he brought the linebacker, dropped the lineman out. And I think what he, how he described it in his press conference right afterwards is right on point. He was expecting Flacco to feel the pressure and get rid of the ball quick. And when you get rid of the ball quick, you're going to break up and make the tackle, and they're going to end up, you know, not making the first down. But Flacco ended up retreating deeper away from the pressure. So, in other words, he just kept giving ground, giving ground as we were running after him, and he's got a strong enough arm. He's a big guy. And as you mentioned, the tight end of Joko, he, rather than stop – he sees a defensive lineman there, so he just drifts on by him. You <laughs> this know, guy, this guy's going to cover me. Oh, and, yeah, and and Flacco, and then the third part of it is that Flacco's got enough experience and awareness to to know that and see him. And I mean, there's been a lot of receivers open on every team that the quarterback never sees them. You know what I mean? So and he holds the ball and he tries throwing it and and it's incomplete. So uh, I, I think it was Flacco. I think it was the tight end. Uh, had a lot to do with that. Uh, Have you been in those shoes where you blitzed yeah, on a down well, and you regret it, but yeah, it just kind of... Yeah, yeah, more times than I probably wish I would have. But but I've always believed in this. When the game's on the line, it's about plays, not players. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Reverse it. I said that okay. wrong. It's, a, it's about players, not plays. And you can say that for offense and defense. And what I mean by that is... You know, I used to tell my coaches, hey, when the game is on the line, I want our players to think fast. Clear mind means fast feet. Cloudy mind means slow feet. And by that, I mean I want to do something that we know that we are going to execute at a high, high, high level. And let's give our players a chance to make the play. 
Uh, mm-hmm. And that would be the only thing. And I'm not going to second guess anything because I think Flus has done an outstanding job, outstanding with the defense. But in that situation, you know, now you're you're kind of you're you're hoping a couple things happen uh, rather than just turn the guys loose and maybe play cover one. Don't bring six. Maybe bring five. Mm-hmm. If you want to bring some pressure, and that way you've got a coverage guy covering every eligible receiver, particularly the guy that was their leading receiver, you know, so that would be the only thing that, you know, hindsight that, and I'm sure Flus is thinking that way, you know, but but that was always my belief. If we have to get the ball to somebody and the game's on the line, it's about players, not plays. Get the ball to the best players we have to give them a chance to make a play. This is not a time to experiment. Our ga- The game's on the line. And it makes sense, and it's exactly what Flus actually was talking about, right? He said uh, in the game against Detroit, hey, fellas, I'm going to call out of base packages. Mm-hmm. You guys need to be players out there, and I'm going to let you guys know that in advance, this is what I'm going to be doing. Because like you just mentioned, Coach, you have to have faith in your defense to be able to execute at a high level well. So what 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 better to know instinctually than a base package as opposed to sending some guys in certain situations? But I like the fact that Flus talks to his defense and says, hey, what do you guys want to run? That would make me feel good as a defender knowing that you know the head coach cares. Like I'm sure you probably had more eyes on you when you were doing that year and a half of calling defense where guys understood, like, this is the coach and the defensive coordinator. I really need to be plugged in and aligned with what the mentality is for this defense as a whole. You know, it's interesting. When I first became a defensive coordinator at at the Dallas Cowboys, I mean, I had like five guys on our defense that were older than I was. And I, uh, my middle linebacker, the first couple years was Jack Del Rio. Okay, I'd coached him at USC then. We got him signed at, at Dallas. He played at Minnesota for the Vikings yeah, for a long time, because right? We, after we made him a, a star. Yeah, you did. He was cut by the Chiefs. He was an outside outside linebacker. I moved him to the middle with the Cowboys. He was he, a real good middle linebacker. He was tough as nails. I know great leverage and smart. You, you, know? had, you had a lot of him. You had, you had Zach Thomas. Yeah. Yeah, well, let me finish my story. Okay. Slow down. I, I just want to. I want to. I want your top three <laughs> middle linebackers uh, you've ever uh, okay. had. Okay, and so I and Ray Horton was our free safety. Yeah, he was. Ray was a coordinator in this league in for Green a long Bay time. for a Green, long time. Long time. Okay, so every I would put the game plan in. You know, Wednesday, Thursday, and we him the two of them and myself would come in an hour before the Saturday practice. Okay, and we would sit down. And we would go through the plan and the plays. And Ray would say, Coach, if we check, if we do go to cover whatever here, we got to be careful of the outside corner. You know, I I don't know how confident he is about handling Jerry Rice, you know, or whoever. Okay. You know, not Jerry Rice. Nobody would be. But, yeah, you know, as an example. And then Jack would say, Coach, if they come out and unbalanced, we're sliding here. Well, I don't know if I can get that call quick enough. You know, I mean, that could be long. So we would go through there, and we would, I would, I would chalk it up a little bit Saturday morning, and those things would be out. And I just trusted those guys that they not only were smart players and knew the scheme, but they knew what these players were saying on the field and in the locker room huh. better than I would. In other words, the guy goes in, and one guy says, man, I hope Coach – Copes doesn't call that blitz, yeah. and I got to I got to cover Spigs. I can't do that. Yeah, you know well, I mean? who could? Who but could cover they, me? But no, nobody. No. But, but coach, this is awesome. So, this so, is... I, so I love that part of it that they were giving me what our guys 
because otherwise it's chaos. I would never walk up in front of the defense and say, okay, you guys, what do I you know like? What's best. This oh, what I please. Do. You're going to get 90 different answers. How great it. is this, Gabe? This is how coaches are supposed to listen to their players, and he's talking about players that became coaches. But I, This but, is how we're no, – yeah, hold on, Picking coach. the right brains. Okay. I got a question. I got a question. Go ahead. So give me the best players that you had, either at Oklahoma State or Pitt or Miami or in the NFL at Dallas, Chicago, or the Dolphins – the best players you had that became coaches, because you've had a lot of them mm, who boy. have become coach. Best players you've had who you might have had interactions like that who became coaches in the NFL. Because you just name dropped Jack Del Rio and Ray Horton, Bernie Parmalee's still a coach in this league yeah. somewhere, yeah. right? Yeah. At Bernie, oh yeah, yeah. You you, you got you I got a lot Bar- of guys. I gave Bernie his first job at the Dolphins. Yeah, mm-hmm. assistant special teams coach. But uh, uh, oh, I don't know. Just right here, Andrew no- Andrew Janoco was my backup quarterback for four years at Pitt. Could he have been the offensive coordinator? Just we were talking theor- about this earlier. Theoretically, no. hold on, just wait. If they fired Luke Getzey, <laughs> you did that That's six why. weeks ago. Hold on, Getzey was me. on my staff too, so I'm not going to go there. Yeah, but I'm, that's, uh, that's not what I'm asking. You. That's not what I'm asking. In in Buffalo, they fired that offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey, and Brady has has helped Buffalo reclaim their identity and be what they are, which is a lot more running plays and, right. and whatever. So it, if Getze had been fired, theoretically, could Janoco have stepped up oh, as an sure. OC? Sure, yeah. Jano Andrew got started with uh, – now his, he was with North. He's, he's got a great background. He started off with North Turner, you hmm. know what I mean, who's one of the better offensive play callers in, in football. And so he's got a great background at, from where he started. And he worked with the offensive line. He worked with tight ends. You know, right now, the offensive coordinator at Indiana, Bloomington, was Signetti. Mike Shanahan was a receiver for me at Pitt. You know, Tino Sinceri is his passing game coordinator. Tino was my quarterback at Pitt. <laughs> uh, Nate Bynum was my starting tight end for four years, one of the best I had. He's the tight end coach at Stanford. Uh, wait, I'm, 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 I know I'm missing a I'm lot. Sure I'm, I'm sure there's a sure you are. I had a lot of guys that uh, got into coaching. I'm well, pretty- the, the Janoco thing is, is fascinating because sometimes I wonder what might have happened. How would the play calling be different? Jason Taylor's coaching the D-line at University of Miami. Is he really? Oh, good yeah, for him. Yeah, he, with Mario Cristobal. He took a job there. Wow. Yep, yep. Larry, right. Larry Izzo was, was with me. He was my Hell special, of a special teams teamer, guy. yeah. He's a team's guy in the league somewhere. Larry. In New England, too, right? Yep. Miami and yep. New England for yep. Larry Izzo. Yeah, yep. We could do this all day. Wes Welker played for me. Wes Wel- Welker was mm. on the street. Rick Spillman came to me and says, hey, we got this guy who can catch everything out of Texas Tech. I mean, he had been cut. He was on the street, and we signed him at the Dolphins. Got him Wes Welker started. He's receiver coach for the Dolphins. Yeah, now. well, a lot of people don't remember. He was a good Dolphin before he was yep. a great Patriot. I don't know. if is Leon, Le- Leon was our defensive lineman. He, I think he was with the Cowboys, assistant defensive line coach. I don't know if he still is or not. But, no, there, uh, Kenny Norton was my be- Kenny Norton was my linebacker at the Cowboys. He played all three positions. There you go. Kenny was a coordinator for a long time at Seattle. I think he's at UCLA or USC now. And San Fran for a while, too. Yep. So, yep. look at that. So that, that, that might be the answer. There's a lot of answers we could get from Coach Dave Wanstead. Coach, you're the best. It's time for you to make some football picks. Can I talk football here for a minute? It's time for the Four Winds Forecast with Dave Wanstead. Put your mouthpiece in because here we go. Presented by Four Winds Casino in New Buffalo and South Bend. Okay, I'm going to start off with, uh, I kind of like Jacksonville over Tampa. Even though Jacksonville is has struggled the last couple weeks because of Trevor Lawrence being banged up a little. I think they got to come back. This is a critical game. Uh, I like them over the Bucks. I like uh, the Steelers. There's so much controversy in Pittsburgh. They play Cincinnati. 
in Pittsburgh. The terrible towels will be out somehow, some way. Mason Rudolph, the new starting quarterback out of Oklahoma State, he finds a way to get it done. Uh, and then I'm going to go to Seattle. I like what Seattle's doing. You know, they they lost a couple times. Their schedule, they played Philly and Dallas. They played two or three brutal teams in a row. Big win last week against Philly. Uh, I like Seattle this week to win. And then my last one is the Bears. I'm on the Bears. I, I really like the Bears. Yeah. Uh, you know, against uh, Arizona, they're at home. I think the Bears are the better team. You know, contain and get after Kyler Murray, and uh, we're going to have a victory Monday. That would be lovely on a Christmas victory That's Monday, right. Coach. That's right, a Christmas victory Monday. Merry Christmas to you and all of yours. Same to you guys, babe. Yep. Thanks for coming in. Good to see you. You're here, Spigs. Love yeah, you. I, Thanks. <laughs> I am. You don't have to ask where Where's Spigs? I, you have the thing. Come on. Tyler. Tyler, come on. Come on. I'll, let me come in there and do that. We're Spigs. There it is. There it is. There Good it is. job, Tyler. I'm right here. Spigs is here running the show. Beautiful. <laughs> Coach, you're the best. Dave Wofsett is done. Mark Grody is on his way at the top of the 5 o'clock hour with all the stuff from an action-packed day at Hollis Hall. You'll hear from the offensive coordinator, the special teams coordinator, the defensive position coach du jour, John Hoke. Can't wait to hear that. Actually, it's good because he talks about our guy Jalen Johnson. Okay. Some interesting stuff there. But keep listening to 670 The Score. It's Parker and Spiegel speaks and Gabe Ramirez. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Mango. Afternoons on the score. Welcome back in on 670 The Score. Here we are. Spiegs and Gabe Ramirez on the Parkins hey. and Spiegel show. How I'll are do, you, man? I'll do ad-libs while you're talking. Hey. Yo. Brr. It's nice to have Wani in studio, isn't it? I mean, I can't say it enough. I mean, it's one thing to, you know, be able to talk sports with some some brilliant minds, you know, here at The Score, you know, whatever, between guests and hosts. Like want they like former bear guy coach Dave wants and he's cool as hell. Like you're asking him stuff. He's like, yeah, you know, I, like yeah, it's just cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And we're drinking bourbon. We're I know pretzels. what I'm talking about here. He does. He, he does. does. What do you think about his uh, his idea about sitting fields the next three games? Again, I talked about it. It's, it's a PR nightmare to do something like that. It's just you wouldn't want to deal with that hoopla. And I know Dan Bernstein says it a lot. You can't play the game as if you're going to get injured. So, 
I mean, I understand it. I understand the logic behind it if you feel that way. I think, unfortunately, the Bears still feel like they haven't, like, they still want to give him an opportunity to show something. So three games, like you said, you know, what if he comes out and plays well? We've been playing that game all year long. But what if he does? Yeah. What if he comes out against the Cardinals and has himself a game and then blows out Atlanta? And then let's not forget his most important game of these next three is against Green Bay at the end of the season. Yeah. Because if he loses that, that is the last nail in the coffin. See, here's here's the thing. I, I It really comes down to whether you think they've made their decision or not. And we got to it with Wani. It's been my feeling all year long yeah. based on the way the season began. If you just read Getze, and if we're to think that Getze and Poles are aligned, then it kind of makes me think that Poles has made up his mind. Now, Coach agrees that Poles and Getze talk and agrees with the idea that they might be aligned, but of course we don't know. I mean, none of us know. Let's be honest. All of us pontificating about this and sure. really trying to think about it, we don't have a source that knows exactly Zero. what Ryan Poles thinks, but we're trying to gauge it as best we can off what we're seeing. And, of course, we're mixing in our own opinions on the whole thing. But I feel emboldened to say this, that Getsy doesn't believe in Fields. That's a fact. Right. That's not even debatable. To me, to me, I think you've seen that. No, no, no you can you can be like, oh, yeah, he believes in him a little bit. You can have those kind of conversations. But whether or not, he, if he had a choice to move on from Justin Fields, 1,000%, he'd move on from him. In a heartbeat. Without question. The, the way that he has started both seasons is not in the best interest of utilizing the skill no. set of Justin Fields. I, look, I go back to one play in particular when Tyson Bajan took over. Bears, let's say they were in their gold zone and they got down to the two and it was by way of Deontay Foreman. And I'll never forget, I'm sitting there watching the game with Corey Wooten, and it's, you know, second and one or something like that, or something like that. And Deontay Foreman just got you down to the one-yard line. And they call, he calls a pass play for Bajant to get his first throwing touchdown. And, and it doesn't happen. It was very Pete Carroll-esque where he should have just given the ball to beast mode instead of having Russell Wilson throw the ball. And Corey Wooten calls it out immediately. He says, you know Lou Getzey called that play on purpose. I'm like, what are you talking about? Seemed like a good play. He's like, no, he wanted Bajan to get his first touchdown right there. Why would you not feed the beast in that situation? Everybody knows what you do in that situation. When a guy gets you all the way down to the one-yard line, what do you do? You reward him for getting you down to the one. We just mm-hmm. we see it all the time. Mm-hmm. And he's like, so to have Bajan. So I, I say that to say, you know, Getsy had a had taken had taken a liking or liked his guy and wanted him to get a little bit more pub. Fell in love with him at the senior bowl. Yeah. That, that, that's, where, that's where they met. Yeah, Bajan had multiple teams who wanted to bring him in as an undrafted free agent. He chose the Bears because he and Getze had clicked at the Senior Bowl. Guys, I can show you this. Watch this. I can, guys, guys, watch this. I'm going to put in Tyson Bajan. Watch what I'm going to do. Yeah. Well, I think that, that that's it's on par with Luke Getze speaks. Yeah. It's on par with what. Listen, I don't know him, right? I don't know him. So everything I'm saying is just based off how I see you play. The, what does Steve Kerr say? I can tell what kind of person you are by the way you play basketball, right? I can tell what kind of person you are by the way you call this game. I can tell that there's a level of arrogance there. I don't know how much, but a level of it where you feel like whether it's in spite, right, or 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 just sheer because you think you're the you know not the, I hate using that smartest person in the room thing, but but you feel like you do know and you've been through enough to understand what it should take, and as opposed to saying, hey, I got a kid here. And this is how I'm going to make him the best he could possibly be. Hey, man, we lived this with Matt Nagy, and we've seen it with other offensive minds. They want to run their stuff. 
and gets he started both seasons wanting to run his stuff. Five wide. <laughs> showcase his geniusness as much as possible. Because think about it. You don't get these chances very often. Is Getsy going to be an offensive coordinator again in the NFL? I don't know. Think about it from his perspective. He's an offensive coordinator. He wants to show what he would do with a quarterback if he got to run his thing. Yeah. And then eventually he shifted. He shifted last year at the mini buy. He shifted this year after Justin called him out, and it became obvious that it wasn't working. So so we shifted. But he did. That's not his first choice, which he showed you in weeks one, two, and three of both seasons. And with his favorite quote. Hey, uh, Justin or Tyson Bajan, the game plan is exactly the same. What? Why? It shouldn't be. No, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be. What are you talking about? You have two yeah. different quarterbacks. No. How can that be your? How can that be something that comes out of your mouth? I know, and th- and this is why it's a complicated conversation because I fully see this and understand that Justin Fields has not been given the cleanest Agreed. and most effective opportunity. Agreed. I think it's completely clear that that's the case. That said, he still could do more with the opportunity. But he's clearly not been given the best. Let's talk about everything that happened up at Hallis Hall today with Mark Grody next. Parkins and Spiegel, Spiegs and Gabe on the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.